0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Timmy Gibson show. (laughs) I'm excited. So I'm getting ready to call Jennifer Cortland and, um, she's a, well, we'll just, let's just call her. Let's just call her and find out. She's, she's going to help us with some dating advice and she's a a beautiful young woman up in uh, Minnesota, I believe. Let's just, let's just call her.
1: hello
0: hello is this jennifer Cortland?
1: this is
0: oh my how you doing timmy? Gosh, i'm doing good <laughs> welcome to the timmy gibson show glad to have you on thank today thank
1: you yes i'm so glad that we finally got to do this i know we were going back and forth forever
0: i know we really were i, I think we rescheduled <laughs> like six times but hey <laughs> but you're busy so i came across to you and you'll have to fill in the listeners on, on who you are and what you do. But I came across you on the on the Instagrams and yeah. I just saw you and I thought, wow, that's a beautiful girl. And while wow, she's talking about uh, dating and relationship stuff. No, I take that back. In fact, one of my friends, because he knows I have a podcast and I talk about dating, I'm a relationship coach and a date coach, and I run singles events here in Kansas City. That's right. Someone sent me one of your videos.
2: His oh, name's Felix. That.
0: Yeah, his name's Felix. Felix sent me this video. And goes, dude, you got to check this girl out, and she she has really good stuff to say about relationships. I said, oh, that's cool. And so I watched the video and I thought, wow, she is cool. So then I started, dude, you know, following great. you and and seeing your post and, and watching your damn numbers just continue to climb. And I'm like, know, well, what the crazy. hell is she doing? <laughs> so
1: yeah, it's um, it's funny. So I um. I own a branding business called Creative Collective, um, and we have really been diving into personal branding, Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to use my personal brand as a case study, kind of starting its evolution in, its intentional evolution in January of this year, January 2020 one where we are now
0: like what year is it (laughs) yeah it is a little bit of a weird time i mean just like wait what was last year 2020 did we have a 2020 yeah was it a year i
2: don't know
1: um (laughs) (laughs) so uh, yeah i um i i I mentioned it in one of my videos that i used to have you know your typical like hot girl instagram account and Um, I deleted that for a variety of reasons, you know, one of which just being in my 30s now, feeling like it really wasn't an accurate representation of where I was at in my life anymore.
2: Sure.
1: Um, and then additionally, you know, wanting to really be intentional about what I'm putting of myself online, just in terms of personal brand.
0: Sure.
1: Um, so in January of this year, I was like, I'm just going to use, you know, my personal brand as a case study to reference uh to reference with my clients. Um so yeah, there's actually like a lot of intention behind how I post, when I post, the amount of like the channels I post on, all of that. So at the end of the year I'll have like more concrete answers of, you know,
0: what works and what doesn't work. Right. But
1: um but it's really fun. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm really impressed um yeah, I'm just I'm I'm thoroughly impressed, uh, and I I've been really excited to to watch your journey, and and in fact, I mean you you've been giving good advice. I mean, I've been doing this. I'm a little older than you. you. You're actually a little older than I thought. Um, yeah, I'm so I, might, I might not be too old for you, Jennifer. I mean, you're, you're... <laughs> at first how I thought. Are you? Uh, how old do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start there, and then I'll tell I'm... you.
1: I would guess like early, like late forties, early
0: fifties. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm fifty-two.
1: Okay, fifty-two. Sweet.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. So no, I, I honestly, I thought you were younger, but then just like your maturity seemed to be older, and I thought, man, she's she, either she's young with an old soul, or she just looks really good for her age, you know. It, it's hard. Not that I'm, you know, every time I meet some kind of, kind of a
1: mix of all the things my mom is, I got it for my mama, you know?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, she, she looks great for her age, like never had any work done. And, you know, everything's still really, like all our skin is really tight, which is, so I'm like, okay, cool. I have that to look forward to.
0: Lots but, of moisturizers.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Don't, and don't get um, the yeah, work I mean, done. Gosh, you know, okay. Now, <laughs> now some of the women are going to hate on me. And I, I don't, I, Plastic surgery is fine. I had a nose job when I was a teenager, so I'm not against, uh, some, but man, when they start injecting their lips and pulling everything so weird, (laughs) it looks weird to me.
1: I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like for me, I'm like, anyone should do whatever makes them happy. Absolutely. Um, but I think there is, there's a definite aesthetic. I call it the Kylie Jenner effect. I think that yes. a lot of injectors are kind of um, having like a like everyone that leaves their space kind of has the same look, right? Um, which I think kind of takes away from just the uniqueness of of uh, individuals. But right. I mean, I've had I I do injections and I'm I'm like totally about it. But I think that like for me, it's about finding you know a doctor that really understands. Mm-hmm right anatomy not wanting to change you i don't want to look like i'm trying to look like i'm 22 you know what i mean like i want to look like myself and just age gracefully so
0: right and of course you know right says the guy with all the fucking tattoos right (laughs) Right. (laughs) so yeah Yeah, i don't mean it like yeah i'm not being judgmental like i guess what you said it way better it's just whenever they it they all look the same
2: Right, And, right.
0: and, and I, I have one of my girlfriends, a female friend, she's, she does some Botox and stuff and she does just enough that it's perfect and a little bit of lip stuff, but it doesn't, she doesn't look like, like Jenner, like she doesn't look like everybody else.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you would be surprised at how many women do it on the DL. Honestly, uh, it's a lot. I would say the majority of my friends do. Um, and, you know, it's just way more socially acceptable to talk about it openly now and do it at a younger age. But still, I think some people are not really wanting to be honest with it. I think it's, you know, for me, I'm like, hey, let's be honest about what we do to our bodies, so that there aren't, you know, unrealistic expectations for younger women.
0: Well, a hundred percent. I think it's the same thing with guys. You know, you're like, how is that guy so muscular? And then right. he, he, you're like, do you take anything? He's like, no, uh-uh, just I just a vegan eat. Diet, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then you find out, wait a minute, you're fucking getting yeah. shots. Like if you'd just right. told me that I could have started on those.
2: <laughs> totally. totally. Oh my gosh. Well,
0: Jennifer, the reason I wanted to have you on is just because of the, the dating advice and some of the, the things. So I guess first question is, are you single?
1: I am single. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, um,
0: <laughs> Hey, <laughs> hey.
1: I, I was in a, uh, long-term relationship that ended in October of last year. Okay. Um, and, and we were living together. So we lived together until December of last year, which was super fun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah i've been i've been single since i saw somebody briefly like right after my my ex and i broke up and that was like such a shit show it was
0: like a, <laughs> a little flash in the pan so i, I yeah got, totally <laughs> well my story i got divorced two years ago and my my ex is wonderful she's literally a wonderful human uh and after uh, 25 years of marriage it just you know it came to the end but I I was my first real year of being single and and not, you know, going through counseling and just doing all the hard work to recover from the right. divorce, which was the first year. So by the time I was like right. really ready to even get out there, it was fucking 2020. <laughs> I'm like, "Welcome to the dating world when you can't leave your fucking house." <laughs> oh my, oh my god. god. Yeah, I mean,
1: 2020 2020- I feel like 2020 gets a bad rap. I mean, obviously there were some <laughs> horrific things that so many people had to go through, but I think like it honestly brought so much clarity for so many individuals. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, I wouldn't have stayed in my relationship for as long as I did if you know the if 2020 didn't happen. But then I also like needed to get to that place where I was really just ready to be
0: done you right, know right yeah I felt that uh you know that uh, similar 2020 for me wasn't a bad year it was a wonderful year for I mean I started the podcast I start yeah so many things happened because I had time and I right. couldn't do you know my normal job which was weddings you know those all got changed
1: right so my
0: my and everything i do so i do singles events and we used to have like 250 people show up to my events i would dj them and we would do these big events and i'm also a ring announcer for mma and mixed martial arts and uh uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments and I MC fashion shows and like I do, everything I do is about gathering about people. Town. Well, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and it was like all <laughs> shut down. So like my totally. whole life got shut down. So I picked up photography and then started doing the podcast and you're right. It was a, I loved it. It was a great year, but it was a very interesting year. Uh, Cause I really don't like doing the online dating. I'd rather, I'd rather meet right. people just organically and out and about. Right but when no one's out and about or they're wearing huge masks and goggles and gloves, I couldn't really get an idea of what they look like.
1: Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) I, um, yeah. The online dating thing is so funny to me. I honestly don't know anybody that enjoys it. Mm -mm. Um, (laughs) I think there's like, you know, I think intrinsically it just does not work specifically for women because so much of our attraction is, not visual it's you know through our nose like (laughs) women fall in love through their nose so like and plus you know I think like obviously you can be attracted to someone through a photo right but how many times have you seen someone in person that you know you would say yeah I can understand that they are an attractive person but I'm not attracted to them because it's just how they carry themselves or you know how they engage with people, their confidence level—like so many different things go into it, a past just um a photo. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree hundred percent. It's so different. I, and of course, I could, I would never even attempt to say that I understand women, but women and men are different. Where guys can look at a woman and say, "I love her,"
2: <laughs> right, right,
0: based upon oh, what right. she looks like. I think I love her. Right. I think I'm going to go buy a <laughs> ring, but. And I know for me (laughs) personally in the, in the dating world, um, oddly enough, most of my dates come from either Facebook friends, like people that I, you know, I'm Facebook friends with or even Instagram. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of great connections made through Instagram and, um, but primarily for me, maybe this is a little bit of my feminine side, I guess I'm there might be someone like you said that I would look at and go, wow, she's physically attractive. And I would swipe right on her. But mm-hmm. then, but then if I met her in person and I've had this actually happen where it, you know, you go on a date and you're like, uh, yeah, no. Um, right, right, right. I didn't totally. care how beautiful they were. Their personality didn't catch her, catch me. But there's other women that I've met where honestly, looking at the picture, I would have swiped left on them. But yeah, but in the context of, you know, their they were cute. They were funny. The way they laughed, the the way they just everything about them. I'm like, damn, I'd swipe right on you all day long.
1: For sure. Yeah. Energy makes such a huge difference. And I, I think that's the one thing that dating apps just really cannot capture.
0: So for you, how have you been able to, uh, meet and how do you prefer to meet people? Um, like, you know, potential dates like romantic partners yeah yeah
1: yeah um i am in a place where i'm not like seeking it out i have a Raya account which is a dating app
2: <laughs> yeah, i've never heard of that um,
1: it's like uh you need to have like different qualifiers to be on it you either need to be like have a strong personal brand or own your own business or something like that oh. um but yeah i mean this, i like downloaded it and there was like i don't know a week waiting period where they have to like see if, i don't know see if you're good enough for it i have no idea what they their, you know qualifying indicators are right um and then uh and then i got on it and it was like there's no one in minneapolis <laughs> i was like okay cool
0: <laughs> if did that's you check not kansas sign, city <laughs> <laughs> spread out your search come on i mean
1: so I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked to a couple of guys on there, you know, for me, I'm, there's a lot of guys that are like, let me fly you out, you know, do the whole thing. And I'm very like, not into that vibe right now. Like,
2: yeah.
1: um, I've definitely had guys like throw money oh <laughs> at like gosh. an, an inst- in an attempt to like create an emotional connection, <sighs> um, which was something that, you know, I used to, be very flattered by and engage with a lot um but i kind of now am realizing that that's a red flag (laughs) not kind of i'm like yeah that's a red flag for me um i think for me like time is just so much more valuable than like a quick trip anywhere even though that sounds exciting and it would be great to go on all these trips but um you know i think well, first of all, if you're flying me out, you're probably flying other girls out. <laughs> right. <And laughs> no,
0: I you're just, the only one. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs>
1: I feel so special. Huh? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's, I. I have a little bit of like, I mean, I, I would rather have, you know, face-to-face connection. And I think Anything where it's long distance right now just doesn't really make sense for me because either they would have to fly to me or I would have to fly to them and I think that puts so much pressure on just meeting someone. Sure. Um. So yeah, I mean, so where I'm at right now with dating is just kind of like I'm trying to be like really in my feminine about it, not seek it out, allow it to come to me. Um. I think a lot of times we can get very results driven in dating. Um. Because it's typically from a place of fear, fear of being alone, um, fear of, you know, ending up alone or never having, you know, the all American dream or whatever that may be in your mind. Sure. Um, So I think for me, my kind of energy around dating is, you know, if it comes, it comes and if it doesn't, it doesn't.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of just having it kind of happen organically and almost can be a surprise to you. I mean, I'm sure you've met people that they kind of they can grow on you, and once you get to know them, you're like, "Wow!" Like I find them interesting for some reason. Um,
1: oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, definitely,
2: definitely.
0: I, I I think, and you brought up something that I I'm I'm so curious about this because and. You know i have a daughter who's 23 extremely you know attractive beautiful right. built, you know built well and all that kind of stuff yeah she's she's got so many offers from you know she's told me she finally admitted to me she goes oh yeah dad guys she used to work for audi uh, the car dealership right and she would you know get offers to travel to cavo or whatever, or, you know, hey, if I paid you $5,000 a month, would you, you know, go out with me two times a week? I'm just like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, of course, you know, it's my daughter, right? So, but I've never operated that way. I've, you know, I and I've had a lot of women, well, girls, I guess, ask me, say, hey, would you, are you interested in being a a sugar daddy? And I'm like, hell no. (laughs) Number one, I'm not paying for that shit. Number two, if you don't love me just for me, then no way like no way you know i just like i it's an interesting (laughs) world like here's what i believe i can buy sex easily i mean i could buy sex but you can't buy love
1: no
0: you know i mean it's like i want i would want a i want a woman to love me to adore me to whatever not 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 because of my, you know, my Bentley or my Rolls Royce, which I don't have either of those. I'm just saying, right. <laughs> or my Rolls Royce, which I don't right. have. But if that's all that I'm like, a no woman, no
1: wonder you got girls asking.
0: I, <laughs> I wouldn't want. I want to marry. I mean, eventually, when I get married again, at some point, or fall in love, or move in with someone, or whatever, I want it to be for love, like genuinely. I want mm-hmm. to find love. I don't want to have bought somebody. Yeah, I, You know, again, I mean, I can understand that a girl wouldn't maybe be as interested if, if I was the, you know, and this is no slam on anybody. I swear, I'm just saying this is a funny tongue in cheek, but like a night, you know, the night manager at Waffle House, like there, again, that's a job. A job is a job is a job. And I understand there's right. certain social settings and certain types of people that we like and don't like. I get it. So it is what it is. But if, if I'm having to buy someone's love or right. attempt to buy their love I just don't get it so yeah I'm, I'm kudos yeah. to you I mean I again when you're young man do whatever I mean you know we all I've done things that I don't would never want to talk about I would never even admit to
1: oh my gosh um, Can we just pretend our 20s didn't
0: happen Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah my god I'm sure you have stories and I have stories for days um and that'd probably um, be a good podcast. Let's just tell all the shit just, that we just, don't just, want just to talk things about. in
1: our 20s. Yeah, for sure. Oh my
2: gosh.
0: <laughs> so yeah, kudos to you. I mean, I, I yeah, just, I'm, I'm really impressed with it, what you just said, because I have a lot of female friends who, uh, they are living that, that life. And, you know, every time I turn around, I'm seeing them on a different yacht. And, and Mm -hmm. I, and I know they don't, I know they personally don't make that much money. (laughs) And I'm like, how are you going to the Cayman (laughs) islands every other week on this yacht? (laughs) And there's always somebody taking pictures of you, but I've never seen the person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All I see is your pretty little ass showing.
1: I, I saw this video. It was like either on TikTok or Instagram or something, but it was like, this guy did a song like, girl how the fuck you into loom like it, the whole thing was about like <laughs> i know you don't make enough to be into loom like who's who are you with like the whole thing was just hilarious but oh i at the point that you made about you know not wanting to buy love it's an interesting conversation that i've been entering within the last couple of weeks um on you know tiktok and instagram just with my posts about dating um, you know, I don't always agree a thousand percent with the things that I so like TikTok and TikTok has a feature where you can like duet a video, so it's like I'll kind of give my reaction in real time to somebody else's opinion. Right. Um. So I don't always a thousand percent agree with every single word that they're saying, but I do enjoy the conversation that it fuels, um, within the comments. And um, you know, one thing that I posted was about a guy talking about, you know men if you take your girl out you should pay and this is like a very interesting conversation right now because so many men are of the mindset that they should not pay for the first date or that it should be split for the first date um and i've been giving men space to i think men
0: should pay you know it's one of those things where i'm
1: like my my i i that the person who asks should pay yeah right like if, if if you ask me for my time then yeah if you're choosing the restaurant and planning the date like of course i think you should pay um but you know that being said the majority of people that are asking out still to this day are men asking women out like women are rarely asking guys out although that does happen but i do think in that case those women aren't having that conversation they're like i mean i've asked guys out before and i've split it I don't think a guy's ever let me pay for like I mean I and I've never been like I'm gonna whine and dine you you know what I mean it's like let's go grab some drinks um but I don't think a guy's ever let me pay for the like the full round of drinks or anything like that um but yeah I mean my my mindset is like you whomever asks should pay um Uh and then I think also you know men kind of have have this like guard up in terms of like and i'm I'm not really sure where it's coming from especially with younger men like and by younger i mean like 20 to 35 right that don't have a ton of wealth and they're very apprehensive about you know being used for money and i'm like that's so interesting because like you don't have that much money and not like as a put down at all but like sure for me i'm like if you don't have like generational wealth that you're wanting to protect
2: <laughs> right <laughs> like what what's going on
1: here and then also like very wealthy men don't have those conversations so i'm just like there's kind of like a disconnect that i'm like right. not really sure what is what the issue is and I'm, i want to have this conversation more with men i think it mostly i mean i think it comes down to kind of this what I'm seeing is this, you know, red pill talk. Red pill, not just for politics anymore. Right. Um,
2: <laughs> there's this like it's
1: this thing that I just learned about recently. <laughs> That's like um, guys, you know, it, it's basically a, kind of a an ideology amongst men that are single and dating, or divorced and dating, or divorced and not dating, um, where you know i'm still not quite clear on what the premise of it is but um it seems as though they believe that women are conditional with their love and therefore inferring that men are not conditional and which therefore infers that women are subhuman so like men can love better than women can And women are not equal to men, which seems to be the construct. Um, And, you know, though I have some men that, you know, come in my comments and say otherwise, I'm like, well, you know, just read through the comments. And (laughs) if this isn't the case, then there's a massive PR problem because (laughs) this seems to be how it is fleshing out in real time. But, um, yeah, kind of the, the it seems to be a group of men older that have been divorced that are kind of leading the thought on it that you know women will use them for child support alimony all of these things um and then you know cheat on them or leave for wealthier men i mean the basis of the argument is hypergamy um and yeah so i think it's like a very interesting thing to see and it's interesting how it's like you know trickling down to such a young generation but um yeah i don't know if you've seen that or heard anything
0: about it yeah no i have and i you know as a guy that's that's 52 divorced you know i've only been in one you know one long-term marriage and um you know i've never been a you know on one hand of course you know when you talk about wealth uh, according to the rest of the world i guess i would be wealthy um but not when i think of wealth you know like a good friend of mine i have a friend of mine that you know, drives a Bentley, has a Rolls Royce. I mean, no, I'm sorry, has a has a Bentley. You know, wears a Rolex, lives right. in a, a nearly a million dollar home, uh, and he's single. And so, you know, his fear when he's dating is, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to pick up someone in his Bentley. Because he doesn't no, want her to be not. attracted. <laughs> right. I told him, I said, dude, go buy yourself a Ford Focus. And, just you know, seriously,
2: get,
1: get a Jeep or something. You know, like, I think, you know, what's interesting about men that have new wealth is that, and I, I don't know your friend, um, but just my experience of men with new wealth, um, they, you know, if they're like, they spent their 20s and 30s building success for themselves. I think that's amazing and awesome. And I understand, you know, bringing someone in where you just feel like I can't really trust them. And I think that's why it's really important for men when they do have big dreams and women as well, marry someone when you're younger, when you don't have, you know, all the wealth in the world and you can kind of have that innate trust that this person is not in with you or not with you just for your money. But, um, but one thing that I've seen with men with new wealth is they lead with it. And yes.
0: then they become
1: like very defensive of the fact that you might be into them for the wealth. And I'm like, you're the one showing up in this car, talking about, you know, X amount of dollars you made last year, taking me to this place. I don't care how much you make. Right. <laughs> but here you seem to be all about it. So that's yes.
0: Very yes. and he was a he's a client of mine, and that's how I had you know, coached him as I said, Hey, listen, don't lead with your money because that, that might attract the wrong person for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and that goes back to, yeah, I mean, gosh, Jennifer, you're, you're, I love what you said because, you know, I got married early. I was in my twenties, had nothing, you know, I was a bartender and a waiter and you know, I mean, I was just, just getting my life started. I had dreams and aspirations for sure um and and make a you know a fine living now but not in no such thing as like generational wealth for me at this point right now i mean i'm still building even in my life but i go back to those early days and i find the dating environment right now it's so different because i i want what you just said i want someone i want to date and meet someone and the money thing is like totally immaterial, for me, right. for me, literally, I don't care if I was dating an internet internet sensation, a TikTok famous person, or a barista at Starbucks. Like literally, I literally don't care, and I have dated all types. And in fact, I, I've dated I dated a woman that is internationally famous. She's got a hundred and fifty thousand followers on Instagram. She makes half a million to a million dollars a year. She wanted to, she was wanting to, you know, have me travel with her everywhere, and and it, I no, I mean that as interesting as as that was, it didn't at all influence my dating her at first. Like I didn't go, oh, but man, she's got money, you know. Yeah, I'm not that attracted to her, but she's (laughs) got money. It there's no way. That, but I'm a guy, though you know, and I again, hopefully, right. I mean, you correct me and slam me if you need to, but I feel like you know, on the opposite, sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's like, I feel a little, uh, uncomfortable or feel like maybe I don't make enough in order to uh, keep a high caliber woman, but a high caliber woman. I'm attracted to that. Like, I'm attracted to strong, independent, go getter, entrepreneur women. Um, not masculine. I'm definitely not attracted right. to masculine women, but that's a side note. <laughs> anyway, right. I like strong, independent. That doesn't, it doesn't make me, it doesn't bother me at all. The only thing that I, I struck a little bit of insecurity is gosh, you know, she makes more than me. That doesn't bother me because she likes me, but what if she secretly has a problem that I don't make enough? Like she's a little bit like, he only makes a hundred thousand. I make 200,000. So I want to, yeah, I think that,
1: I think that that is the crux of the, the hypergamy conversation that, you know, red pill is centered around. And I think that there is valid, there's a valid fear there. Um, You know, I think that as women, continue to, uh, you know, get uh, more education and higher paying careers and become entrepreneurs and build their own wealth, Um, women are not necessarily seeking financial security in the same way from male partners. Um, And, you know, I posted the other day about how the feminine will will choose security over love every single time. And the first the way that men interpreted that is financial security, which I am like, this is the point of like, I'm identifying the point right here. Like, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Women will prioritize security above love in in the sense that, like, for a woman, I like to think of things in metaphors. So, like, view a woman as a flower and for her to bloom fully. Um. You know, aka love fully, sure. they must have a space in which they're being cared for. Um, otherwise, it, like you can't demand a woman's love first and then provide her security. You must first provide security and then she will love. Um, and so, but this does not mean just finances, and this will continue to shift as women grow their own wealth. Um, you know, women are really wanting men to create emotional and spiritual safety for them um and i think a lot of men are a little bit uh slightly in a state of arrested development yeah. where you know our society has not allowed the cultivation of the male emotional world um kind of it, it's slightly behind where women are evolving at this point um and so i think there's a massive miscommunication happening within between the genders um yeah. and you know this isn't just about men and women it's like any, it doesn't really matter how you identify or who you're attracted to. Like everyone has masculine and feminine within them. And we, we kind of like kick back or fall into the one that we feel safest, safest within, in terms of our romantic partnerships. So, um, you know, I think that it's, it's a really interesting conversation. There's a, a lot to be said. And I think men focus more on oh you know what if some, what if somebody makes more than me and she leaves me for somebody like that and i'm not saying that that doesn't happen sure but i think women are really wanting emotional depth from their partners that they are not being provided right now
0: right yeah that's that's a great um Gosh, what a great conversation. I did not see it going this way. Because that's the the one thing that I've always coached, and it's what I truly believe to my core. You know, I, I don't know if you know my story at all, but I, I spent thirty No, I don't. Yeah, thirty years as an evangelical pastor.
1: I, I did know I about up, the pastor thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, which I'm so curious about like how, <laughs>
0: how I got up, away from I, that <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I went
1: to school to be a pastor though. I was oh my school
0: God. School. What, yeah. did, uh, what seminary or what? Um,
1: so I went to North central in Minneapolis, North central university. And then I was, I moved out to California to go to seminary. I was deciding between becoming a pastor or, um, Becoming a professor of theology and oh
0: my um, God.
1: Yeah. You yeah. and I
0: have a lot to talk about, <laughs> even talk offline about. and or another <laughs> podcast.
2: <sure>. Gosh, Jennifer.
0: <laughs> so my, yeah, I spent 30 years as an evangelical pastor, went to you know, four years of seminary, studied, you know, theology, psychology yeah. and all that. And yeah, I just um the the short version is I just really had an epiphany that christianity wasn't the only true right uh perspective and um i just i couldn't i couldn't accept that my kind caring loving buddhist friends and hindu people hindu friends that i had were all going to hell because they weren't a christian like me i just could no longer accept that um and i went from being a literalist like that Jonah was actually swallowed by a fish.
2: To right, right.
0: no, that's probably most likely that didn't actually happen. But it's a great story that communicates a, a deeper truth. Right. And so, anyway, that's been my journey. I mean, I still, you know, I I believe in God and I love Jesus and I'm in the teachings of Jesus. You know, whether Jesus was actually God or just a prophet or a rabbi or, or even if he was a myth, which I don't think he was but I mean you know I don't know I wasn't there I don't I don't have any pictures of him so um either way I think it's a powerful story and I think it's a powerful journey and a powerful platform um for people and if it makes you a better person and kinder and a better human then great um but yeah I just could no longer accept the dogmatic narrow-minded teaching of it all
1: Yeah there's so much of the church as we know it and theology that is in, influenced by our culture. Yeah. And um, theres it's really hard to separate it, especially in America, um, you know, the American churches, you know, there's so much politi- politicalization of Christ yeah. um, in, in a way that really is, does not make sense.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. I think Jesus would be pretty upset with us if he if he, he could, if he came back in the flesh, he'd be like, fuck you guys, you got it wrong. He'd be like,
1: this is uh, not what I was saying.
0: <laughs> like, I know I that yeah. could have been more clear. <laughs> I literally I told my friend this the other day, I said, I just bet Jesus looks over or God looks over at Jesus and goes, What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like it, what what there, has happened?
1: it's so interesting and then you know kind of the idea of like you know america itself is a representation of like the church almost like it's israel or something you know like it is the the holy land which is so interesting um (laughs) i mean that's such a big conversation i think for me my journey through that was um like, I remember this time where I was witnessing, you know, obviously we had to like go out and do the whole, like, Oh yes. Go tell people about Jesus.
2: Spread, and, the, good um, news,
0: Spread right. the good news girl. Spread the good news.
1: <laughs> so I was out and I was witnessing to this guy and he, you know, it's kind of on autopilot because you're just so used to people being like, no, thanks. Like whatever. Um, and he actually started like opening up to me about like, really personal stuff oh. and I remember thinking that like halfway through the story like oh my gosh I'm not even listening to him all I'm thinking <laughs> about is what I'm gonna say to convince him that he needs to accept Christ and I was like this doesn't feel good like it didn't feel right and no. that was like a really key moment for me um where I was like I'm just gonna meet people and Learn about their stories and not try to change them, and just hear their their experience and their pain. And I think that's something. You know, I have a lot of compassion for people in the evangelical church, even when they are being like hateful to some sure. degree. Because sure. it's like I understand where they're coming from. I understand where their well. mind is at. They do, and it's like, but it doesn't excuse. The behavior, and it doesn't excuse how so often they minimize people's pain yeah. and oversimplify the healing journey by saying, "We'll just accept Christ, and you know everything will be fine." It's like, well, that's actually not how healing works.
0: No, <laughs> like, not not at all. Actually. You know, <laughs> and you're also
1: like oversimplifying. Like, I mean, the apostles followed Christ, and they still didn't get it. Right. You know, like there were so many times they were with him all the time, and they did not get it. It, Like Christ had to like continuously re-explain everything. And like, so it's like this continual unfolding, you know, and you can't, it's not just this magic one-time experience. And um, I think that, you know, our society, the way in which Christians operate in America is very influenced by Americanism. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, it really is. It's unique. I, I know a lot of, I think my journey ironically led me I was a little bit jaded, I think, towards the Christian church there for a while. And then I kind of came full circle in right. my own, my own healing journey kind of brought me all the way back to where right. I, you know, I can appreciate, and I've, some of the best people I know are, are Christian, you know, evangelical mm-hmm. Christian and, and some right. of the worst too.
2: But I've well, also right.
0: met some of the most wonderful people that I've ever met in my life who aren't, don't share any kind of religious faith at all. And right. and that's been an interesting journey to, for me, especially, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Village. Um, no. if, if you haven't, you you ought to. Uh, yeah. But the gist of the of the movie is just that this this village has a small group of people live in this village, and surrounding the village is this forest. And the teaching of the elders of the village is that the forest has monsters and whatever, whatever.
1: Oh, is that the one? M. Night Shyamalan. Did... Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay.
1: I did see that. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: a great movie. And then, you know, they, of course, someone, one of the, one of the people from the village gets out in the woods and then gets, when they get through the woods, they're like, oh, wow, we're, we're in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> it's like, right. you know, it's not as scary and creepy <laughs> like I thought. And so I, for me, it was kind of that way, especially the, the evangelical version that I was raised in was very, you know, an evangelical Pentecostal nearly snake handling, but not.
1: You got that Southern. Oh
0: yeah. We were rolling around on the floor (laughs) and speaking in tongues and doing the whole thing. So, so my particular group was very, you know, exclusive, you know, it's a very tight knit group. We're the only ones going to heaven. I mean, Catholics, anybody outside of our group, didn't have the truth and we're going to hell. So Mm -hmm. clearly I, I did need to escape from that version. But then, you know, when I got outside the church and I met other Christians who were cool, who cussed and smoked cigars and drank wine. And I'm like, wait, you can do this and still be a Christian. What the hell? Right, right, Um, So that was kind of party, part of my journey. And then of course, just the more I read, the more, when I got out there, I was like, Oh, okay. Right. yeah
1: I for me I like I I totally understand what you're saying a thousand percent um yeah I mean I am drawn to people that wrestle with things you know like that a lot of my friends and really close friends or people that I admire even if we don't speak often um they're people that I went to north central with and they kind of went through their own journey of Deconstruction of their faith, yeah, and are all in you know a variety of different fields. um But those are the people's. Those are the people whose thoughts I enjoy consuming the most because it's like there was a point of wilderness, you know, like oh you goodness. set out to the to the wilderness of self, and you didn't just take what was handed to you. And I think those that shows so much. Courage when anyone is able to do that and um you know i think it also whenever someone goes on that journey and then does return to christianity or whatever faith that they you know were raised in and they come back and make it their own i think that is like truly the sign of like a a true spiritual decision like well, the Bible this is teaches. mine
0: right the bible teaches work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and i know for me right. one of my favorite verses of course i have several verses tattooed on me proverbs 3 3 and 5 trust in the lord with all your heart lean not into your own yeah. understanding all their ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path i love that verse but i also love the the simple short you know it's the truth that will set you free and, mm-hmm. and in the initial part of my journey away from evangelical christianity you know i got a lot of you know friends that were trying to <laughs> save me and you know thought i was a prodigal right. and, you know thought right. i was leaving the faith and and uh um, you know they really it was weird it was very weird I a lot i found out who it's my weird true to be fr- on the other side of it, it. it was to find out who my real friends were and and to find out that people that i thought were friends that when i didn't yeah. share their same faith holy shit
2: but i went full
0: circle because the truth will set you free was my was my motto and it, it was right. my mantra and i thought you know what i'm seeking truth wherever it may lead me and right. you know judge me if you will god knows my heart right god knows our heart man looks at the outward men you know god looks at our heart. so i was confident that if there was a god and 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 God, you know, God knew my heart, which I've, I love God. There's a deep, profound love in my heart for God and, and even for Jesus or the message of Jesus per se. And so I knew I wasn't like a, a true, it wasn't like I was in a gutter living in a van down by the river shooting meth. I mean, it wasn't like, I, you know, I mean, I was still living a good, you know, quote unquote life and, and, and serving and doing all these things. I just wasn't in the, the but heat. to
1: Some Christians, you might as well be doing math
2: and living. Better.
0: Exactly. No, exactly. That, that was the part that blew my mind.
2: Anything? Yeah. And the fact right. that I was
0: reading, reading any book that wasn't written by, you know, like Rick Warren or mother Teresa, it's right. like, what right. the hell? Like guys right. there, there's good shit out there. That's not got the fish symbol on the fucking cover. Like oh my there's, gosh.
1: and that is such a. This isn't even just a Christian thing. This is like a very interesting observation of culture in general right now, where it's like if you don't agree a hundred percent with every single thing that one individual has stated throughout the entirety of their existence, <laughs> um, then you cannot agree with them on one point. And I'm like, that's so wild because it's like we're missing out on we're only isolating ourselves in our own personal development and spiritual yes. journey when we do that and it's not just you know in in religion but it's in you know obviously oh,
0: politics po- oh my and- gosh politically it's like when you <laughs> when you're with a certain party i don't care what the other fucking party says they're yeah. morons they're idiots right. they're evil they're corrupt
1: you can not you can't, right, like you can't <laughs> just like wait can't like some people be saying true things sometimes. And then other times they're maybe not, it's not your vibe and like, that's okay. But like, you don't have to write off somebody. Comp- I I just like, I find it so interesting. And even people that I'm like, you know, like you're all about like, not like, you know, fuck cancel culture, all of this. But then they'll be like, Oh, but do you know that this like, they'll slide in my DM <laughs> about someone that like I did a duet with. And I'm like, I am very like, hey, I don't have time to look through every single person's in social media presence and make sure that I all of my beliefs align with them before I post something that I agree with, you know, like right. and I mean that's just not a realistic way to look at life. Um, no. nor is it efficient <laughs> by any means. And and it's like we just have to be okay with the fact that like not everyone is going to agree with us and we're not going to agree with everyone at all times. Like you, that's okay.
0: Jennifer, you literally are a breath of fresh air. I think I could be falling in love with you. So, <laughs> so the, the wild thing. So there was a guy I had on my podcast. There's a podcast I used to call it Peckers and it was subtitled Peckers, four guys in a bottle of scotch. And <laughs> I dropped the word Peckers. Cause I was like, yeah, that was more, <laughs> uh, that was more of a clickbaity thing anyway. So we just call right, it four, right. four guys in a bottle of scotch. Yeah. And, there's four the four guys, <laughs> the four guys are uh, one worked with Elon Musk at SpaceX. He's a genius. Uh, yeah, the other guy's just a good hearted, curious, just a wonderful guy. Uh, and then we had the guy that we called the therapist. and he's been a family marriage and family therapist for like twenty years, super neat guy, raised evangelical same like similar to me, but kind of is more just spiritually minded now and
2: yeah, yeah, and just
0: a gifted counselor. But anyway, he um had to kind of put a pause on being on the episode that i did called peckers because he was doing was contacted by like focus on the family to do a series on their for their for their stuff and one of the people heard that he was on my podcast called peckers and they had to like sit down and talk to him and say, Yeah, you can't be on that podcast anymore um, and, and be and represent Focus on the Family. Can you fucking believe that?
1: I mean, I can and, with Focus on the
2: Family. Well, yeah,
0: but, well, yeah, <laughs> true. But, it, but he, no, what's funny is like he, he didn't, you know, I cuss like a sailor. I, you know, I'm me. I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. That's the second, that's a whole nother conversation, but 100% authenticity. I am 100% me. There's no, I'm not hiding shit. And I just refuse to live that way. Well, so for him, I was like, did they listen to the podcast? And he goes, no, they didn't. I said, well, yeah, because you don't say shit. I'm the one, like, I'm the one that says all the, the, you know, the sketchy stuff. I said, you, you, you maintain your, I said, why can't they? Uh, anyway, th- th- what you just said—the association, I, right? Just because, I totally like, I love Jesus, I all these things, but but because I say other things, and the title of the podcast alone doesn't matter. That he lives a really good life and is a really good guy, says all this great stuff, but because he was on my podcast, right. anyway,
1: right? I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, you also have to look at like their target market. Like focus on the family is like very family centric and sure. If he I mean, that's his decision, if he wants to work for them or not and abide by their rules. Like, exactly. you know, that so that's his call and yep. you gotta respect that. But um you know we got to play the games of the corporations we want to be identified with i guess
2: um i struggle with that
0: i i do i struggle with that i had a friend of mine before i actually left the evangelical church he said he said timmy if you would just calm down stop getting tattoos (laughs) and uh you know this is exactly i mean literally he said this because he's got he's got a big church he said timmy because i at that point my church was about three or four hundred people and he said if you would just, he goes, if you want to rocket to the moon, if you want to get over a thousand, here's what you got to do. And I'm like, no fucking way. Like, no, right. like, no, right. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not going to sell out just to grow the right. church. Like, uh, right. uh, nope, I'd rather be authentic yeah. and have nobody.
1: Right. And that's, that's one thing that I'm realizing, you know, as my following grows, obviously, like, like I said, not everyone's going to agree with you at all times, and that's okay. But, yeah. I think it's really important to never be beholden to your audience, right. and you know I think it's good to make sure that people know that you're an independent person outside of their perception of you or what they deem you owe them as a you know a speaker or a personality or you know pastor or teacher or whatever. Um, I think that people kind of have this sense of ownership when. They're within a community that even if you're the one that fostered the growth of that community, sure. um, they kind of have a sense of ownership of like how you should and shouldn't behave or the thoughts you should and shouldn't have. And sure, um, I think that does no one that does does a disservice for everyone. It doesn't benefit anyone, you know, right. so I, I I get it. But then there's also, you know, the flip side is like. What's the point of our continuous rebellion is it like are we just always like not are we always wanting to be on the fringes like is there something more going on there like what's the why behind that that's something that i've like always had to kind of find within myself because i've just you know throughout my life always been like i'll kind of get into one group and then i'm like okay cool i think i more have the mindset of like at least i used to when i was younger where I really would want to be accepted by a group, but I just wanted to know that I was accepted and then I would move on. So I would never
2: like
1: (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I would try out for cheerleading and I would get it and then I would quit. Like I was always like, Okay, cool, I can do it. Now I'm good. Like (laughs) Oh my
0: God, Jennifer. I love your honesty. I think Joe Rogan kind of paved the way. You know, Joe Rogan talks about this a lot. That, you know, that he's had, of course, a lot of offers to, to do different things and even be interviewed by, you know, network television. And he's like, fuck that. He goes, they'll, because there's no way. He goes, no, uh, I, no one tells me who I'm going to interview and what I'm going to say and what I can and can't say. And like, I'm, I'm going to be me and do me. And if you like it, great. If not fine. Like, (laughs) right. And I just right? love that. I love that attitude. It's probably why I like Post Malone so much, which I everybody knows this on my podcast. I, I love Post Malone. I'm very really?
1: I that. love that. He's...
0: I love that guy. Have you ever seen him interviewed? He's
1: I've never seen him interviewed, but uh, I really like him. I'll, I like I'll his send,
0: music. Okay. And I like his vibe. You'll love him even more. I'll send you a short little interview he did with Jimmy Fallon. I always liked Post Malone. I've been to his concerts. I saw him when he traveled with <laughs> – don't laugh at me – Justin Bieber. Don't laugh, don't yes. laugh. Uh, so were you yeah. there for your, on your own volition
1: or for your daughter?
0: Uh, well, let's say I was there f- for my daughter, <laughs> <laughs> but she tells everybody, she goes, dad, we weren't there for me. We were there for you. <laughs> she, was, she always so jokes me. me. She goes, you were part? the one jumping up and screaming like a sissy girl.
2: <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, I love that. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> so I love Post Malone and I, I like him for a lot of reasons, but cuz I you know like his music, I like just like his vibe. But when I saw him interviewed, I I've had a full-on just man crush. I just really like the guy's heart. He's a good yeah. dude. He's super nice. And you look at him and it you know, he's got tattoos all over his face and he's just right. you know, he's whatever, but he is such a sweet dude. Like just, I mean genuinely kind, caring, authentic. And he just, he just has an attitude of, I'm just going to do me and I like tattoos on my face. And if you don't, then don't look at me like, but he's, but he's just such a sweet guy. So yeah, love post Malone and, and just love what, what you were saying. It, It, I, and I do check myself and, you know, who knows how many times I've crossed over and gone to either side where I'm, you know, my freedom is, goes from freedom to then just trying to push the envelope so i i try right. to really guard my you know guard my heart and say okay am i being authentically me or am i just trying to be the you know that rebellious guy that you know former evangelical right. pastor goes rogue
1: right but to and be i genuine. think there's like a lot of safety in how we identify and that's why i also think it's really important that we're careful of how we identify because you know it is really traumatic For a lot of people, when they go on that spiritual journey, um, either leaving the church, specifically the evangelical church, um, there's a lot of um, ostracizing that takes place, and people feel (laughs) really isolated in that journey, and you kind of lose an entire sense of self, truly, um, you know, just as a result of losing friends you oh, know yeah my whole life were like really close
0: to you oh my gosh yeah i mean like the guys in my wedding like i mean of course yeah i mean it's divorce not only does that but because i got divorced and left the evangelical church all about the same time and not the church oh, thing wow, didn't yeah. end because i got a divorce it just it was all roughly around the same time frame mm-hmm. and so when yeah. was that for you um this all started happening about five years ago so okay. i was about it all kind of early began in my late forties. Um, you know, I was going through midlife crisis and just a bunch of stuff going on, you know, empty nester midlife crisis, uh, the end of a 25 year marriage, my spirituality, my religious views and everything was changing. I was just coming into myself for the first time in my life. I, I like, I know who I am and I'm, I'm very happy. I'm full of peace. I'm, I'm, um, I like me, like I love me. Uh, I'm not being, uh, I'm very integrated, you know, like who I am is who I am. Like personally, privately, publicly, it's all the same person. And and that took years, Jennifer, because, you know, as an evangelical pastor, I had an image to keep up. And now my image is just, just nothing. Like I'm just me. And there is nothing to hold up and to protect. Right. It's just like, yeah, just this is it. (laughs) Hello.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, when they go into the ministry very young, you put yourself in a position where you can't really ask hard questions until later. And that can be dangerous. You know, I think it can be dangerous for the individual, for their family, for any church that kind of is built around them, because it's, there's not a, an allowance for freedom of thought. And, um, and I think that can be harmful. You know, I think the more free we can allow ourselves and those around us to be with their exploration of anything, um, the more of a service we're doing, not only for them as an individual, but for the community at large.
0: Absolutely. And and again, I go back to my favorite, one of my favorite verses, you know, the truth will set you free. And I think that's, that's key. I think for for the journey that i've been on freedom has has been the result like i feel so free and so full and so full of peace It's it's been an amazing journey but real quick i got to take a short commercial break we'll be right oh, back yeah. with more time and more questions for jennifer all right welcome back to the timmy gibson show with my special guest jennifer cortland so i so, I'm older. i'm fifty two, so I'm a little bit of that old school kind of guy. So when I um either match with someone or you know slip into someone's DMs or they DM me, I, I want to meet quickly in person. I'm not wanting to just chat no. online for a long time. Um, Where are you on that whenever you you know connect with someone, however you connect with them? How soon do you want to? meet them in person because that can be a big difference, what an online presence is and then what the person is like in person.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I I try to make it happen as soon as possible. Honestly, I think that for me, I'm just like about efficiency, (laughs) (laughs) just like owning my own business. I'm like, if I'm making time for these conversations, I really want to, uh, I don't want to prolong it. And I also have found that, like, if there is a portion of me that's apprehensive to meeting the person, um, that it's probably not the right But that intuitively I'm like, yeah, I don't really yeah. have that much interest there. Um, You know, I think a lot of women will say like, oh, I need to know someone before I give them my number. And, you know, like, I can't trust this person or, you know, I don't know them and which I can understand and respect, but I also think that a lot of people don't realize how much of your information is accessible online. Like right. pretty much anyone can find anything about you. Like sure. you don't need to give them your phone number. If this person is like actually has ill intent, um, you being on a dating app, you're already at risk.
2: Right. Absolutely. So
1: like, um, so I think that, you know, it's kind of just understanding the reality of the internet and that, you know, you're not as private as you think you are. But setting that aside, you know, I think that a lot of women, I I do understand the uh, the um social anxiety that's like really prevalent right now. Um, But I also, um, you know, tell my clients like you you must be vulnerable in order to create connection. So like you can't just live behind a text forever or a dating app and just message these guys for weeks on end. And I tell guys like if someone's refusing to give you their number, or meet in person, like stop talking to them because 100%. it's like, <laughs> guys don't know if they're getting catfished and like, they can't spend like two, three weeks, just talk, texting a girl that refuses to get on the phone. Like that will just be, that's an anything that happens in the beginning of a relationship is an indicator for how the relationship will play out long-term. So oh,
0: like, absolutely
1: just got to be aware of all of those little Red flags
0: on that, both sides. Yes. Yeah, that's a red flag to me as a guy. Like, if, I, sure. if, I, if we start chatting online, for me, it's within, honestly, within the first few exchanges. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not much of a an online just texter. I'd like to just sit down over coffee and have a casual conversation. If they're like super hesitant or whatever, or shady in some way, I'm like, you know what? No. If you're not willing to sit at a coffee shop and right. just have like, no, like clearly you're like, not even no. my kind of person.
1: Right. No, that's totally fair. And I think, you know, a lot of guys are like, I like, they don't really know what a girl looks like because of Photoshop. I mean, there's so much, like, you know,
0: um, (laughs) you better show up with those bunny ears and a button nose. If you don't (laughs) have ears and a button nose when you show up, I
1: filter on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I try to be really, um, I try to encourage women to use filters as little as possible. Like don't use FaceTune like if you're putting your pictures on a dating app like make it as authentic as possible because you don't want to be in a situation where you're setting up expectations that you can't meet. And not that there is like a beauty standard that you need to meet as a woman, but if you if you are operating from a place where you think that there is a standard and then you're presenting a false image of yourself and then you go on a date and you're not that image, you have lied to a person about who you are. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of women will kind of deflect on that point and say like, oh, he was shallow because I, w- I weighed more or I didn't, you know, I didn't have my filter on, or something, you know, to the, to the point of kind of putting that responsibility on the guy and Essentially calling them shallow or whatever, because they got catfished. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, like how you present yourself, like you're saying that this is who you are. And, you know, we need to be as transparent and and authentic with our pictures as we require men to be with their words.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's, I find it to be de- deceptive, but which by the way, thank you so much for saying that Jennifer, because I, I teach the yeah. same thing. I don't mind, you know, obviously I don't really put pictures of myself online if I don't like the picture. I mean, you know, I, I'll do several, several selfies to make sure I get the right one. If I'm with someone, I always do selfies with people. And um, you know, if I don't, if I don't look look good in the picture, <laughs> I'm not, you know, I typically don't post it and but I don't use a lot of filters either. But when I'm coaching people, like I, I coached this one young lady that said she never got a second date. And so in one of our sessions, I said, you know what? So let me see your let me see your profile.
2: Right. And
0: so she pulled it up and I was like and I looked at it and I said, OK, well, you're like, well, who
1: is this person? Yeah. That's what
0: well, so I told her, I said, listen, I said, you're paying me, right? To be honest. And she said, yes. And I said, okay, listen, now this, this, I, I, this might hurt your feelings, but I'm going to be really honest with you. If I saw this profile and then I saw you show up in person, they're different. Like, right. you're your, all your pictures, it looked like they're taken, you know, 20 feet above you. So it's not right. showing a proper perspective of your build. Um, you have, your skin doesn't look as smooth as a baby's ass. Like, like this is not, this does not represent you. And I said, here's the deal. I said, you, if someone swipes on you, you want them swiping on you, not the filtered you, but on you so that when you show up in person, you look like you. Right. And so, and I mean,
1: I totally understand the insecurity that women have because it's like, okay, if you're posting on social media, you're in, you're on the same platform as all these celebrities with, you know, these teams that have hair and makeup and they have, you know, dietitians and plastic surgery, and they also have filters. So there's like really no, like, In terms of, like, trying to compete with that, it's, like, an unrealistic beauty standard. Um, But the reality is, like, women have to take back the narrative of, like, what beauty means to us, each as individuals. And um, we have to really be honest about what our internalized misogyny is when it comes to our own looks and how we demonstrate that in our use of filters and, you know, FaceTune. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I love a good Photoshop. Like, sure. but when it goes to the point where you're like, not even, doesn't even look like you, um, you know, I think there's, it's like, what, what is, what's the goal here? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, someone's going to meet you in real life at some point. Right,
2: right.
1: <laughs> and they're going to be like, who is this person? Like, and it's not that, and the, the, a lot of times it's not that the girls are not attractive. It's like, you're just creating a, a an alter ego. Like right. this is a different person. And so there's like, at that point, there's, it's like the, the expectation can't be met by the individual in real
0: life. Right. And that's the thing. I think that, that sometimes these, these, women will get, they'll get a lot of attention online. And I know I just, I've been disappointed. There's been several occasions where I saw someone online. I was like, wow, she's beautiful. And, and honestly, Jennifer, I showed up to meet them in person and they just weren't like that. Like they just didn't, right. one woman looked so, I was shocked it was even her. Right. I mean, I could slightly see the resemblance a little bit, but it right. like her, what she appeared to be, In her profile pictures was just literally night and day. Night and day. It's the same. Maybe being the same as a guy wearing a baseball hat and sunglasses. And it's a picture from when he was in college. And now he's a, you know, 45 year old, you know, bald headed, yada, yada. It's like, it's it's the same thing you know it's just it's a- the
1: same i mean it's like if a guy i'm trying to like make it relevant for the sexes you know the heteronormative sexes like if a guy were to post a picture and a lifestyle of him you know with
2: ferraris
1: and mansions and rolexes and then didn't have that you would feel Jew.
2: Right. Like, right. wait you live like, in an well, rv the in the back and
0: of your it, parents and house it's like, yeah
1: and then it's like <laughs> nothing like no he just lives like he has a condo and you know he drives a jeep but it's like nothing's wrong with that but right. if you're presenting another idea of yourself that's where it, that's where it becomes lying, you All know. Right. That's a good example. <laughs> like, it's that's exactly. Happened.
0: That's a good. That's a good representation. Uh, I always say be truthful and represent yourself, you know, honestly, um, because it really does come down to deception. And you don't, you don't want to begin any kind of a relationship based upon deception. Um, you know, if you have a filtered picture, fine, but then just have some that aren't filtered. And so I have a lot of my clients, they'll do, they'll do a filtered version and then they'll do, here's my unfiltered version and, yeah, uh, or here's me with makeup. Here's me without makeup, which I'm like, you know what, that's great. And you know, um, you know, yeah. But, I love that. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of I was
1: actually thinking about doing that with some of my photos, just like in terms of, uh, I honestly don't do, I used to with my old account, my old hot girl account. And which was a part of the reason why I got rid of it because I was just like, it's like this idea of, I can't really be my authentic self if I have to feel pressure to look like this all the time in real life. Like yeah. it's just not reality. And, um, so, you know, I'll, I'll definitely, like, edit for lighting and stuff. But I don't, like, change the way my body looks or anything. And I think that that's, like... But I think still, it like... It would be cool to, like, do the back-to-back and, like, show the before and after. I think that's a really great idea. Just because it also, like... It also... Shows other women like, hey, like it's okay that you don't look perfect all the time. Like, lighting is amazing. Yeah.
0: No, no, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah, the 100%. I mean, anytime I ever do a selfie, I always want to make sure the light's coming towards my face so that my, you know, eyes right. look bluer, everything looks better. Well, I right. know one of my clients, she actually does this now. She's got like 100,000 followers on Instagram, but she always, she never posts just one picture. It's always two, you know, where you can swipe and get the second picture. The first yeah. one is always the edited really super pretty one and then the second one is the the original photo without any of that I love and so that. she always yeah she'll post the one that you're like oh my god then you go to the second one and and like you said even in the second one you're like well still you're fucking pretty <laughs> i mean it's right, like right. you're still pretty totally. but i but i can just i see that you're human
1: right right exactly which is totally fine and not only fine but beautiful like i think Absolutely. that women think that it is, you know, it's the it's that Kylie Jenner effect of like, right. there's really no, uh, like, no room for like crow's feet or freckles unless they're like perfectly tattooed freckles, which is that like a new thing that I realized. Heart yeah. Freckles,
0: Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's cute and natural, right. you know, you can grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, and yeah, it's just, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. Um, you know, I think that, there's always a larger societal thing happening that influences the individual in terms of whatever they think is, you know, a beauty standard. But, um, yeah, I just, I just definitely, I, I, I don't envy girls that are in their teens and twenties right now, because it's like, what's like, it's just like ridiculous what's happening on social media.
0: Yeah. All right. So another question for you, I, um, and a lot of this is just for my own personal use. I know a lot of my listeners are going to enjoy this too. I'm I'm a little old school because I, I yeah. guess I'm a little older, and so for me, I'm I'm the guy that if I'm at the grocery store and I see an attractive woman, I'll walk over and say, you know, hi. <laughs> my name is, right. My name's Timmy. I just saw you and thought you were you know attractive, and I'd like to give you my number. And if you you know think about it and feel comfortable, give me a shout. Let's go grab coffee or whatever. How does what do you? How does that set with you? Like some people have mixed emotions about.
1: I've gotten hit on in person the most at the grocery store by far, and the produce aisle.
0: that's where that's where i do it
1: i'm like where was it um (laughs) yeah there um when i lived in san francisco there was a grocery store that um it was known that if you went on monday nights and you put bananas in your um in like the little seat of your cart (laughs) you were single
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) yeah and so it was like an opening to like talk to someone, like someone can approach you, which oh, I was wow. like, this is brilliant. It's it is like,
0: brilliant. Amazing. I'm going to start that trend here.
1: I know. Right. <laughs> um, serious, so, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, you should. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's like one of those things where they're, so a lot of guys are really apprehensive about approaching girls right now, understandably so, because there's, you know, kind of this, obviously the, the loudest Wheel gets the oil, and you know what social media is is a bunch of people that are kind of on the fringes of any opinion, just kind of yelling into the ether and right. <laughs> about what their like crazy opinion is. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else is like not really there, but they can kind of get it, and, like you know they'll give it a like, but it's it doesn't re- reflect the majority of where people are at. And um you know I think that like guys are really just not sure when it's appropriate to enter a woman's space and when it's not. And, um, you know, I think women need to do a better job of queuing men, um, you know. And I think a lot of women that are in their feminine are very apprehensive of wanting to per- or be seen as pursuing a man, you know. But I'm like, but there are indicators that you can give, like eye contact or like there's body language indicators. Um, but you do have to be more obvious than you think you need to be with men especially with like younger guys and by that I mean like guys and they're up until like 35 um but I think like yeah I mean you know the hardware store the plant store the grocery store um coffee shop dog park like these are all really great spots to meet girls even bars or happy hours during or bars or restaurants during happy hour I definitely would not say like late night because so I would say don't hit on girls during late night and don't hit on girls at the gym. And there's a couple reasons, oh. but namely it comes down to like testosterone right. <laughs> and aggression, aggression levels. And I think like when women are working out, um, and like, and I mean really like working out, obviously there's some girls that just go to the gym to like take photos, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like if you're working out, like, and a guy comes up and talks to you, it's like, I said this to a friend the other day and it just feels really perfect. But like, it's like when you're angry texting a girlfriend and someone asks you a question, like you're in the zone and like you're focused on what you're doing. And not only that, but you're like, your aggression level is just higher. So like, you're not in an energetic space to like actually want to like communicate with anybody else about anything else. Like you're just, you know, kind of singularly focused. Um additionally, like late night, I just don't think late night bars are the way to go unless you're looking for a one-eight stand. Like right. it's rare that you're gonna find, first of all, it's not conducive to like actual conversations just because it's loud and crowded. And um people are very much looking for the alpha. And so if you're not that as a male, if you're not like literally like the hottest, strongest, tallest dude there, it's you're not really going to be able to like i just don't think it's like the best spot right for guys that are like sensitive or like actually want to have a conversation or like or a little (laughs) bit more shy like (laughs) (laughs) you
2: know like
1: you are thoughtful man
0: jennifer you have given us a lot of thought this is unbelievable everything you're saying (laughs) i agree with i really do i think the late night bar scene the the guys that can really kill it are more of like the bad boy the the one night stand guys um for sure which yeah I, you know women yeah. i
1: and for me i never trust the guy that hits on me late night at a bar because i'm like fascinating first of all you're confident enough to do this which means you've done this before and you probably do this a lot <laughs> <laughs> do you like being hit
0: on during a podcast is that cool or no <laughs> i'm asking for a friend i'm asking for a friend
1: (laughs) i I feel like i've always been attracted to the guy that's like in the group of guys like quiet you know like he's not going around trying to talk to every girl but then like also in that situation like i'm not going to go approach that guy you know like it's it's just like There's so much that goes on there. And I think unless you're really just like wanting to find someone to like bang it out with, like probably just avoid that situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You're awesome. Uh, Okay. So being approached is so from a guy's perspective, right? So I, I, I don't mind rejection because I know it's not personal and so you know i try to read the cues i mean i do if i walk by someone in the grocery store and i'm like okay she kind of looked at me and then twirled her hair and she grinned And so like i'm looking for signals of one i look for the ring you know is there a ring and if i see okay there's no ring and if i see if she's noticed me but then sometimes you can tell like if you look at someone and they give you almost a look back like disgusted like why are you looking at me (laughs) you know which yeah, is don't
1: approach that. yeah
0: like just don't <laughs> you know like stay clear Being right, able to, right. so being able I try to teach guys to read the to be able to read the room you know read the room and right. feel what to feel it you know right, and right. uh <laughs> I had a recent I had a recent encounter I was at a this was a happy hour so going to your point I had a happy hour with the therapist so I was I was sitting with the therapist that's on my podcast and he's oh
1: right, right. Yeah. and
0: going through a divorce and so he's not really in a state of, of dating. But anyway, we were at happy hour. We were at this restaurant and there was these two beautiful women. They were probably in their early 30s, maybe late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, I noticed them and I noticed that they kept looking over. And of course, you know, my, my friend's good looking guy. He's a big, tall guy, like six foot five. And I'm like, hey, you know, maybe looking at him, I don't know. And so anyway, I decided because I was the more aggressive, you know, I'm more of an A personality type. And I'm like, I'm going to go talk to them but right. first I'm going to go to the bathroom, check my hair and just make sure everything's good. And then use the restroom and then come back. Well, I got up to go use the restroom and and one of them looked and kind of smiled and I kind of smiled and I was like, okay, we're good to go. So I went to the bathroom. When I came back, both of those girls, women were talking to my uh, therapist friend. And so when I got back, I was like, oh, well that Worked out. They uh, came over to us, you know. And yeah. When I got back, the, and he goes, it's he points he to alone. me. Well, because he came back when I came back, he goes, "Yep, there he is, my pirate-looking friend." <laughs> <laughs> and they had come over and said, "Who's your sexy pirate friend?"
1: Oh my god! I was I like, love it. "Oh
0: my god!"
1: But they felt they felt safe enough to go over to him because he was alone, and yes. that's why I think it's like really important for like if you do go out in pairs, guys and girls both need to like take separate bathroom breaks like don't always be with each other because it does allow space for somebody that if they have been looking at you or you've been kind of making eyes it gives them room to get that confidence to like come over even if it's not the person that they were wanting to
0: hit on, but like they can enter your space, then. Well, that's what was so. So yeah, we ended up spending the rest of the night. We ended up bar hopping with them and had dinner right? with them. I mean, literally, yeah. it Ended up being a a great and it wasn't a, fun night. It was, like and we didn't no hookup or anything like that. We just spent the night right. hanging out and making some. It was fucking fantastic. Um, I love it and a great story. So yeah, happy hour late night. That's interesting. So yeah, grocery store, all the stuff you mentioned. That's all cool. So what about
1: Yeah, I mean, just, like, think about, like, where women are without it being, like,
0: a female safe space. So, like, I
1: wouldn't say, like, yoga classes or anything. I wouldn't say, like, (sighs) you know, there's, like, just spots where it's, like, if you know, like, women go there to, like, recenter themselves or, like, catch community, like, that's probably not an appropriate area. Even though you, like, even though men are, like, oh, but there's more women there, which equals more opportunity. It's not going to be received well. So like you definitely want to be put yourself in position to approach women that are more like out in the wild.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dog parks are great. I've met a lot. Dog parks are
1: great. Every guy should get a dog, honestly, because it's like when my ex and I got a dog, it was like, I was like, do I need to put like a collar on you? Like, holy shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So many
1: girls were just like, "What is it? your dog?" Oh my gosh, which I totally get. It's like, sure. um, you know, it just is such an easy way to open up conversation.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, th- here's a big a big challenge I guess I have, and again, maybe it's my age, the the whole fucking thing with texting and the rules behind texting because I'm an over <laughs> one is I'm an overcommunicator. And so if I like you, then I'm I'm going to text you in the morning and be like, "Hey, good morning, hope you have a great day." Um, now I won't be like, you know, "Hey, good half morning and good afternoon and good right. half evening and then hey, good night." And <laughs> here's a picture of the hamburger I had. Like, I'm not that guy, but I'm definitely if I like you, I am going to communicate with you. Yeah. And and clearly, you know, it, at least for me, if I'm not into you, that's why I'm not texting you. That's that's why right. you're not hearing from me. If you're hearing from me, that means I'm interested, and also I don't play games. If you text me and I'm available, I will text you back. If I'm not, if you don't get a text back from me, that only means I was not available. There's (laughs) no, there's no. Oh, I saw that Jennifer texted me, but I don't want her to know that I like her, so I'm gonna wait twenty five minutes and then, like, no. If I'm available, you'll hear from me. If I'm not, that's because I am unavailable. And as soon as I'm available, I will get back to you. I promise. But that's only <laughs> if I'm interested.
1: Totally. So what's, I, yeah. what's the,
0: what's the deal with the texting? Dear God.
1: So, I mean, have you encountered resistance when you text?
0: You know, it's just, uh, sometimes I've had, so I've had people say, and I, and I've learned from this, this is early, not now, but I've had people say, man, you're, you're a lot.
2: And I'm like, (laughs) okay,
0: or, you know, like because I have a (laughs) aesthetically, I think I look, you know, I ride a a really badass, like kind of like a Harley looking custom motorcycle. So I look, you know, long hair, earrings, I'm tattooed. I have a look that's very bad boy. You know, let's just hook up. I'll, you know, swing from the chandeliers kind of a thing. But then when they get to know me, (laughs) which I've actually had this totally backfire on me you know, late night meet up and then they start talking to me and they're like, I had a girl tell me, she goes, I was going to go home with you tonight, but you're too nice. Like you're, you're uh, like, boy, you're, she goes, you're a boyfriend material. And I was right. like, fuck, I fucked this up, you know? But anyway, no, so so I, look I like,
1: would say that that's like, really like, listen to what people say, right? Like people are always being honest with us. So like they're that person was being honest. Like they just wanted to like bang the bad boy, but like, it's if you're wanting to show up authentically and like find true connection, like be continue to be who you are. Yeah. I do think that, um, in terms of texting, no, I don't think you should like play games in like your response time. I, I really think that's kind of like passe and not necessary. Um, but I do think that, um, women are very sensitive to energy and so, like. And especially if a woman is, you know, 30 and older, she's experienced love bombing and she's been with the guy that goes full throttle and is like all about her and then all of a sudden just disappears. And so they don't, they're kind of like, women are like, okay, I'm into him, but it feels maybe a little much. I like him, but this, there's something that is, putting up red flags in them and it's not that you would necessarily be that way but you know i think that it's more about i would just say like gate read the energy right like you were saying about um the advice you give to your friends when they're in person it's it goes it's the same over text right like yeah I think like maybe first thing in the morning is a little much because it is like right away. And then it's like kind of the first thing on their mind.
0: I'm a love bomber, Jennifer. I'm just now realizing this. Seriously. (laughs) I am if, if, yeah, God bless America. I definitely am. And, but in my mind, I'm just very complimentary. Uh, Here's the thing. I was married for 25 years, so I know how to love. Like, I'm the guy that, like, I woke up in the morning, I made my wife breakfast. I would, like, send her to work with a sack lunch. Like, I'm just that guy. I'm not saying that to be flattering to myself. I'm imperfect so many ways. But, like, that's my guy. That's me. I'm just very much romantic, love, and all that stuff. But what I've noticed is I know how to love. And now what I find is very challenging for me is how to date.
1: Right. Because
0: I will – if I like you and I think you're pretty, I mean – like I'll tell you,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, you <know, Right>. like,
0: <laughs> like,
1: I yeah, I think that is awesome, and you know, women, a lot of women appreciate um, words of affirmation. I think that it is just you have to approach it on case by case basis. But I do think if if we're just talking about texting, like let's say you've gone on two dates with this person, you're into them. It's still within the first month. I would say if you want to text them once a day do it at lunch like hey been thinking about you i hope you're having a great day you know like let them have enough space in the morning to like get their shit done and like also then be like have space to think about you like oh like like I, i wonder what timmy's doing or like i hope he's doing well or just you know kind of like letting because it's like we do need to allow this space and like that mystery of like when you are getting to know someone, it's so tempting to be like, I want to be with you all the time. Like, you're so amazing. But that's, um, we also need to, like, reel ourselves in in that regard because that is the whole juxtaposition that makes it so exciting is that we don't know everything and we aren't with them all the time and we're still figuring them out. And, like, so we need to allow that space to be what it is and not rush it.
0: Or- yeah that brings up an interesting point because allowing space for them, you know, to miss you. So here's the challenge I've run into. And this is, this is so this, if nothing else, this is very helpful for me and in, in my journey Good. because I, you know, I'm, I'm an, a very emotional guy, you know, I'm very in touch with myself, I, you know, I'm very self-aware, you know, I've got that spiritual element and all that kind of stuff. So, the love bombing thing is definitely, <laughs> that's definitely where I'm making mistakes right, right there is the love right? bombing thing. But for me, it's, it's, ge- the problem is for me, it's genuine. Like it's like my, my ex. So I met her and swooned her love bombed this the is, shit out of her. This
1: is the ex after your, your,
0: my, wife. my, no, my 25 year marriage, my ex, okay. my uh, only yeah, one. Yeah, I've only yeah, been one. Yeah, my only one. Yeah. Okay. So, and I was in my twenties so, you know, yeah, I loved bomb the shit out of her. Like I left roses on her car. I sent her love notes. I wrote her poems. And this is like right after the first date, right? This, of course, this is before the Internet, before cell phones, before even beepers. Right. This is way back when.
2: Right. right.
0: So so I was like I'm the same guy today. Like I'm I, I'm a love bomber. And so I love bombed her. Uh, and then two and a half, two and a half months after our first date, we were married, and we stayed and got married six months after that. So we were
2: right.
0: uh, first date to the point of walking the aisle and got married was a nine month span, and we were together
1: I love for, for twenty
0: five years. And can, life can I is ask so you a question? Yeah, absolutely.
1: How did that dynamic show up in your relationship?
0: That's uh, I am f- so far from perfect, okay, but that is what I continued. I always say what it took to get them, you got to do to keep them. And so for me, right. I love bombed for 25 years. Right. Like that Did, was just my style. It, so it's in just that, what it is.
1: In that space of you love bombing, was there a kind of chase that was taking place? Like a continuous t- chase in terms of like, was she more reserved with her emotions? Did she pull back?
0: Yeah, she was definitely not like, yeah, thing. she was not as like me. Like I was definitely more the chase, 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 love bombs. You know, I was the one that did like, I'm very, uh, I would be, have been more the homemaker ish type. Like I was the one right. that would do, you know, do the picnics. I would put the picnic basket together and I'd put all the grapes. Did in the, you like,
1: did you feel that you had to do those things in order to gain her love?
0: Um, no, I think that's just my, it's just me. Like, that's just me being, I love doing that. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but yeah, uh, I'm a helper is my
1: okay, my yeah,
0: deal. So I love to give and what
1: the, was she? Do you know? Uh,
0: uh I do know, and I forget, oh, is it seven well, or nine? What's the nine? I think she might've been a nine. Nine, of
1: the perfectionist.
0: Uh, I don't, is it?
1: Nine? I don't know. Yeah. I,
0: I do know what she, <laughs> it's skipping my mind. It's, it's been a bit now since we did all that Enneagram stuff, but what partly, partly what went, went wrong is I got, what happened is because I did all that over time, I got bitter because I yeah. did. It, again this isn't saying that did she feel didn't like reciprocate but i'm right, right. on the
1: level that you wanted it
0: right to be. right it, yeah i'm not right. saying that she didn't reciprocate but t- uh, right on i'm, I'm going to put this all on me i don't want to blame anybody for anything it's all on me so yeah i didn't feel that the reciprocation and so yeah i grew bitter which right? is the same thing I notice even in life generally. Like if I'm always the one going out of my way to help friends and do this and they need money and I help them and da 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 da. da. And then yeah. if I notice that this is a one way fucking and not again, this is not my marriage. I'm not my friendships now. Like if right. this this is a one way relationship, like I am doing all the giving, all the chasing. Like we're only, right. you know, that
1: right.
0: yeah, that doesn't work for me. Um, yeah
1: and so this is like exactly the point that i was wanting to get to and obviously like relationships are complicated and it's a two-way street there's not one person that is at fault for Uh, any relationship and you guys obviously had like a long-term successful relationship we did We actually really
2: did so
1: not putting like any blame on her but i would say for you on your journey like my next question would be what was relationship with mom Or dad like like did you always feel like you had to prove yourself? (laughs) Their love. (laughs) See now
0: here's what's here's what probably got me in trouble. I was adored. My mom and dad, and there's a long convoluted story there because my dad's actually my stepdad. He adopted me when I was seven. But anyway, but my mom and dad think, and still to this day think. I have hung the moon like my mom, when I pull into the driveway, she will run out of the house screaming and yelling like, like I'm Jesus. I mean, it's just, so, (laughs) so I was loved and adored, um, through my life all through my life. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was a little, that was a little different.
1: Were you the youngest?
0: I was the oldest. So I had, I had a younger sister. She passed away of a drug overdose about five, five to seven. Yeah, Thank you. About five to seven years ago. Um, so Mm -hmm. yeah, now I'm the only child, but, uh, I, so I grew up with a younger, a younger sibling. So how old was
1: your age difference? Uh,
0: my ex was like the kid, me and my sister,
1: your sister. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, four years difference.
1: Okay. Did you feel when, how old were you when your parents got married?
0: Uh, let's see. I was seven when my parents got married,
1: and your sister was two. Uh
0: huh. Jewish? Yep, uh huh.
1: Did you feel when they got married like you had to prove your your place or your worth of being a part of the family?
0: No. Yeah. See, I, no, my my uh, step, but my dad came in and just loved me and adored me and tri- I mean, like th- yeah. literally, anybody on the outside would have never guessed. That he was a, technically a stepfather, like
2: right, right, very
0: like came to all my baseball games. We played catch out in the front yard. I mean, it was like literally very yeah, yeah. seemed very normal.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: no, I love that. I mean, I so I'm just kind of throwing darts at the wall, not knowing you. I sure. think like you know the majority like so life is just patterns, right? And like the sooner we can figure out our own pattern patterns, the sooner we can realize our own personal matrix and then kind of shift out of that matrix. Right. And I think like with just in terms of how you approached courting and then engaging with your wife throughout the entirety of your relationship and now um and and then just hearing you talk about like even in friendships kind of that same dynamic t- took place and then like just with the love bombing um that you're kind of engaging with in these new relationships Um, it'd be worth it for you to figure out why you're doing that. Like, what's the why? Like, do you, like, is there...
2: I want to be loved.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which, I mean, everything does come down to that. Like, we all want love, connection, acceptance, community, you know, and so we go about it in different ways. But it's good to know why we do what we do because, you know, I think you have really good intentions. But I think for you, the biggest thing is going to be to learn to receive and not just give like you'll you'll need to kind of a a good way for you to practice this in dating is let them text you first or let them also give you words of affirmation before and it's not in terms of playing games but it's more about like see what they can offer you. you because what you don't want to do is create the same relationship dynamic wherein you then be have you know 10 15 years go by and you become bitter because they're not giving right to be to in the way that you want them right, to give right, not right. that your ex-wife didn't give right. but like if you're wanting to kind of create a new reality you kind of have to look at these these patterns and figure out what's what's the why behind it
0: interesting this is interesting jennifer because i uh, i'm learning a little something about myself i i've always yeah. been a go-getter like if anything's going to happen if there's a great book i read years ago if it's going to be it's up to me in other words i'm going to I'm going to make her fall in love with me. I'm going to win her heart. I'm going to, I'm going to start this company. It's going to, I'm going to make this successful. I'm going to like, I would probably have been the dude on the Titanic as it was sinking going, it's going to be fine. We're going to make it. It's all fine. Like I'm the eternal optimist. You know, I'm the, I just am. I'm that way. And honestly, I think that's one reason why I'm, I'm not given much to like, I'm, I'm happy. Like I'm an upbeat, happy person. Um, 99% of the time, I just, this is my, in fact, when I was going through my divorce and you know, the 2019 um, was like the darkest year ever for me. It was very, very, if I've ever experienced depression, that would have been it. Very situational depression. I had one of my good friends with me that's known me for like 40 years. He came to me and, and in tears, such a sweet guy. He goes, Timmy, he goes, I know this is so hard for you. He goes, you are, I've never met anybody that can spin anything and everything to a happy place. He said, you're the most mm. optimistic, happy guy. And he goes, I see that you're really struggling and yeah. to maintain your, your happiness. And um, yeah. he just said, he did, he just basically be saying, I see you. I know what you're going through. I know that this is difficult for you because you just love happiness and happy feelings and happy thoughts and everything, happy and smiles and roses and butterflies right. and cap- cupcakes. And, and that's true. That's just, that's me. That's the way I've always been. So holy shit. Yeah. 2019 was so hard. I mean, I was mm. do I was officiating weddings
2: through, right. through this
0: time and I'll never forget right. like almost crying, like having to work myself out of tears backstage mm. and then walking out on stage, doing the wedding. Everybody thought it was wonderful. And then getting into my car and crying all the way home.
1: Mm. That must have felt so long. Oh
0: my God. It was to move out. Of, yeah. to Yeah. It was. Oh my God, Jennifer. I don't even really talk about it. it made make me too emotional even talking about it now. Just yeah. the darkness that I went through, the dark night of the soul. And then I'll right? never forget the last, like one of the last weddings I did before I really started kind of turning the corner, the mother of the bride had gone through a divorce and was with her second husband and he was such a sweet guy. Meeting them was just, she must've been intuitive because I was sitting backstage and I was just kind of looking over my notes and she came over and sat down. And as soon as she sat down, like, Emotions started coming to my throat Aww. and I'm like, Timmy, hold your shit together. Like, dude. Damn it. Not right like, now. <laughs> yeah. And she said, she goes, Timmy, she goes, I'm so grateful that you're here for my kids. And she said, you're just, and she was just complimenting me. she goes, you're just such a sweet spirit. I just really, I'm just glad that you're a part of their lives at this happy day and all this. And she, and then she stopped and she goes, and she reached over and she patted my hand and she goes, how are you doing? And I was like, like, I can't do this right now. (laughs) Like, literally, tears started coming to my eye. And I said, You know what? I said, I really appreciate your kind words. I said, I'm actually going through a lot right now. And I said, I really. Would love to talk to you about it. I said, but I need to get through your kids' wedding first. Yeah, and and then you know we can talk about it, whatever. And she goes, oh, and she goes, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, absolutely. Oh dilemma. my
2: god! Yeah, it was she literally. Was angel. It was. It was
0: such a precious exchange, and yeah. um, yeah. And I made it through the wedding just fine. And then you know, her and I caught up a little bit afterwards, and and she was just. Precious, she was just like, You're such a lover. She goes, Love will come your way, you'll find somebody special, and they'll love you like crazy. I mean, she was just like, just so sweet, you know, just telling me everything that I needed to hear. You know, because when you go through a divorce or even a breakup, you think, You know, what's wrong with me? Like, will I, you know, will someone ever love me? Will I ever love again? Yeah, will I ever love again? (laughs) Will anyone ever love me? You know, am I good looking? Am I I attractive enough? And, oh. God, difficult, difficult. Yeah, Um, I totally
1: get it. And I think, you know, for you, I, I think for men specifically, there's even though it's not really like. Kind of portrayed in media, but I think men specifically have a hard time after long term relationships, staying single for a while. It's really difficult for them to because they've experienced the benefit of partnership with a woman. And so they know like all the value add that that can bring. And a lot of times women will leave relationships feeling very depleted because, and and though this was not your case, you were actually very much giving in your relationship. um, A lot of times women can feel like they were doing so much emotional labor in the relationship that they would prefer to be alone for a while and like reclaim their energy. Um, and I think that because men m- tend to move on so quickly, they engage in the same relationship over and over and uh, you know, women do as well, but yeah, like men will just find themselves in the same relationship with a different person, but it's the same dynamic. It's the, the same me- needs aren't being met because they were wanting to put a bandaid on a gaping wound sure. instead of letting the wound heal and really understanding what caused the wounds to start in the first place
0: that's a that's an interesting perspective because i i see that too and one of the i think there was two things that motivated me one you know my my training right so i mean this is what i do for a living right, right? so i mean i coach people i'm a relationship coach and 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 that was difficult right because in kansas city i'm kind of viewed as the relationship coach of kansas city and so going through a divorce was a was a little bit challenging yeah, but right? anyway so there was that but also my teaching and my training led me to the opposite of what you just said i took the more role of the role of i didn't want to jump into a relationship i'm just enjoying getting to know myself enjoy being single and now that it's been two years you know of course i mean i've you know i've I've, I've been out there and about and doing stuff but now two years later now i'm i'm more like, I'm ready for something more serious, but I'm in no hurry. I'm, you know, 25 years of being in one with one person, which was wonderful. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying, uh, freedom and finding myself and, and, you know, getting to know me and, and all that kind of stuff has been a wonderful journey. I, I have no, like, I do not want to get married soon. I do want to, like, I like partnership. I like, uh, uh, having a companion. I just, I, I enjoy it, but I'm really enjoying this, this self journey. Um, yeah.
1: That's the best place you can be in. Honestly, like I so encourage people to get to that place. That's why I like, I give dating coaches a lot of shit. I mean, I, 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 I don't think you need to be in a relationship to no. be a relationship coach, Yeah, but I do think that dating coaches kind of start and end with, Dating, where it's like the how successful we are in relationships and the longevity of a relationship is a byproduct of our journey within, and so we need to like really dive deep into our ourselves, our patterns, um, our traumas, and really understand that those understand those things and how they influence our behaviors within romantic partnerships. Um, and I think, you know, being able to be alone in that space, though it's hard, like, it it opens up within us a capacity to love. Like, I don't think we can love beyond our capacity to feel pain. Like, they kind Ooh. of, they go hand in hand. It's yeah. always, like, the light and the shadow go together. Like, we we really have to allow the pain to do its work and then start fresh. You know, it's like that pruning. and. Sure. You know, I think there's just like a lot of people want to push past the pruning season because it's not comfortable.
2: <laughs> it oh, no, God, no. It's so...
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but it, is the, it is the thing. It is the thing that creates the it, it's the cocoon of self that like on the other side, there's going to be a rebirth, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've often said it's not about finding the right person. Or Yeah, it's not about finding the right person. It's about being the right person totally and I, I think the self journey is 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 key and i think that's what's kept me just knowing this stuff and again not always those that teach actually live that way but i've really tried to you know not be the mechanic that has a car that's a piece of shit i've really really tried to live by my teachings and you know do the therapy do the hard work do the digging not have a you know, not have that second marriage that only lasts six months, you know, like so many of my friends and even one of them is on the podcast where, you know, he got out of a long term marriage and then literally jumped right into another relationship and then got married real quick. And then, you know, divorced within a year and, and these have been, you know, great, great savers for me. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. The next time I get married, it will be for life. Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't need, you know, and I hate when, Guys or girls say it with an angst where they say, well, I don't need anybody. It was like, yeah, this is the way you right, said right. that you do. But for me, <laughs> I try to say it with just a pure of heart, like, no, I I don't need anyone. I do want, right. I really right. do. I want to find my person yeah. and, uh, you know, be that person's person. But I I don't have to have that to be happy or fulfilled totally. or content. Um, or if you va- i'll tell you where where i've changed, where my growth has really happened in the two years being a lot of my value came from being in a relationship and now when i became single and i finally became valuable in and of myself like i feel like i'm a value just me mm-hmm. that's when i knew ah okay i am now ready you know i'm i'm right. ready to be in a relationship because right. i feel valuable i am valuable all by myself regardless of whether i ever do find my person or not i'm a i'm a valuable member of this society <laughs> it's true
1: though i mean you have to have an intrinsic understanding of the value that you bring and yeah. like it just it comes with self reflection like what what are my strengths what are my weaknesses like what can i work on within myself that would create more value for our partner. Cause I, I went into this on one of my videos where, you know, I broke down the difference between value and worth. And um, you know, worth is intrinsically what we have as individuals just because we are creations of God. Right. Like we are a byproduct of God, we have worth because He is the great I am. But value shifts based on the situation, based on our experience, our expertise, like. I gave the analogy of like I can show up to a car accident and intend on bringing value, but I'm not going to bring as much value as a paramedic that shows up to that same situation. So like us understanding like the difference and not taking it personally, like, oh, this person doesn't find value in what I'm bringing to this romantic partnership. And so they decided to end that. And that's totally fine. It doesn't have any reflection on my worth, my self-worth, my love for myself or anything like that. It's kind of understanding, like, you know, don't, it's like not needing to like force something to fit, like just allow what is to be, allow what comes to come and allow what goes to go.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you, that's a lot, that's a lot more, uh, less anxiety, less stress. It's a lot more just to trust the process. Yeah. and uh allow it just to happen organically well listen i don't want to keep you all all day but i do have a, another question yeah uh, and then uh i would like to have you share with your all my listeners how they can uh you know stay connected to what you're doing so yeah. when we talked about being approached uh you know in person so when when it comes to online you know it's I, I'll have women, especially Bumble, right? Bumble, the woman has to be the one that re- replies first or whatever. So when it, you know, I'll match with someone and I'm like, okay, girl, it's your turn. <laughs> like, here we right, go. Right. The pressure's on. And it's funny. I don't mind when they just say hi. Like I just, I don't, <laughs> I, you yeah. know, I really don't. I know it's a thing and I've but heard a, a lot of, of women. <laughs> I know. Right. And I'll tell you what. There have been times
1: Hi, period. Right. I I am <laughs> so aggressive
0: with a <laughs> Or hi, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation right. point. Whoa, you're going all out. Um I I have enjoyed and I do I'll respond to anybody. Like if, if we match and you just say hi, I'll say something back. I'll say hi back, or I might take it a step further and say more. But I have enjoyed when someone has a really good opener, like they're like, Oh my God, you have great hair and that, or whatever they say, you know, they'll say something and I'm like, okay, they clearly looked at my pictures. They clearly saw something in the pictures. That's what they're remarking on. And, and I definitely like that. And it definitely piques my interest, but I can't honestly, as a guy, I can't say that that makes that much difference to me, but for you as a woman, when a guy just says hi or hey <laughs> so go what what help us guys what what what's up here
1: i probably wouldn't respond to that um because it's like it just seems like a lack of effort it's um, lame but yeah <laughs> um but you know on the flip side i've also had guys send me like three paragraphs right away and it's like whoa dude like (laughs)
0: come on be honest (laughs) jennifer what really gets you excited is when you get a dick pic
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank god i have not gotten that
0: really good i'm glad
1: i I honestly have never gotten a dick pic on social media or dating websites you know what that says
0: a lot about you maybe i'm not sure because i've had some females even when i
1: had my quote-unquote hot girl account it it, um i never really i definitely had guys that were like yo what's up but i never had like super gross guys ever like thinking they could even come at me like that right um i think i've also been really open on my social media about like sharing guys like screen names and information of where they work when they say out-of-pocket shit um, like, and it's They're like, yeah, if I send her like, that
0: she'll fucking post that shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I've definitely had guys say some shit on TikTok, and I've, it's just like you guys, this is just a, all, this is just personal brand. If you work in corporate America and you're, you have social media and you say something, even though you think it's like just in the moment, you probably didn't have any bad intention, right. but like you just like set it off the cuff, like, people can find your information and yeah. so I've, I've like reached out to people's like girlfriends i'm like hey i think this is yours like you need to have a conversation with them yeah. about what they're posting online like i in five minutes i found out where they worked so like yeah. i'm not gonna call their boss but like i guarantee there are gonna be girls that will 1000 oh, percent do that so oh, like 100%. just have a conversation with your man um but yeah i mean so for me i yeah i've there's it just comes down to each individual i i definitely have red flags whenever anyone's like which ha- this more is more common for me where men are like oh my gosh like i'm the wind beneath their wings like my i went brother. to your i read through your <laughs> i read through your medium articles and like saw your videos and like everything you're saying is just this is just da-da-da-da. and it's like whoa
0: see now like that, that okay that's- so that's another level of love bombing now that i'm not guilty of i don't do that right. shit which is good. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't, yeah, no. No, 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 Um, no. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely a hard pass for me. Um, I don't really engage with guys that are, like, super sarcastic right away. So, like, if they have, like, a joke or something, it's like, okay, that's kind of, you're showing me that, like...
0: <laughs> you're funny, <you're> ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I get it,
1: like, no, I think it's, like, a lot of guys have... For me, I'm like, okay, I am a deep person. I'm rarely sarcastic. It's just not gonna work, you know. Like I, I, that's just not my sense of humor. I don't really enjoy like putting people down or like having conversations that are like, gotcha, you know. Like that's not really (laughs) my vibe. So (laughs) I don't want to feel like I'm always gonna have to be like on the defense in a relationship with someone. Um, I don't know. I think the more genuine a guy can be. The better like just showing up being vulnerable i think you know dating apps are tricky for women um you know with my clients i tell them only match with five guys a week and and that's it and if you if they don't respond to you or they aren't like wanting to like call you if they just text you obviously block them and then match with another five guys um I think for women, if you're an attractive woman and you have your shit together and you're in your feminine energy, like men are just going to be drawn to you. So you have to have like a woman could have like hundreds of matches in a week if she didn't have limits. So it's like you need it, you need to have these limits. But um, for the women that don't, I think men get unnecessarily frustrated with a lack of response because they don't really understand that it is energetically draining for women when they're on dating apps, because there is so much male attention Yeah, that it's like, they might be on it for like a day, two days and then be like, Oh fuck, this is like way too much. And then not touch it for a week. And so like, even on Bumble, there's like time frames that you yeah. have to respond to people. And like, you might like, I'm pe- girls may not even see it. So um, just being understanding of that, like, Girls aren't going to be on it all the time. They're not a, playing it like a video game.
0: Right. I finally got a perspective on this when One of my female friends who's real attractive, um, she showed me her Bumble. <laughs> I was like, she had yeah. 67 messages, like 57 yeah. different, I mean, It was unbelievable. Like it was And this is why I tell girls like
1: have have limits to how many people you match with so that you – it's the paradox of choice, right? Like when there's too many options, we're not going to – first of all, we won't be able to make a decision. Second of all, we're not going to be happy with the decision that we do finally make because we're always going to be second-guessing did we make the best decision. So it's like giving ourselves limits, it's like just because we can eat the pint of ice cream doesn't mean we should, or that it'll be beneficial.
2: <laughs> right. right.
1: So, yeah. And I mean, like in terms of like DMing or like, you know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever, I think Instagram specifically, like if you're going to DM a girl, um, obviously kind of the same rules, like just be your most authentic, vulnerable, not too much. Obviously, not a high with a period, though. Um, but I think it's important be aware of like how they perceive you. Like, if you have a private account, they're not going to respond because they they're not going to follow you to figure out who you are. Um, so that's a big one. I think also like guys just need to do better with the picture game. Um, it's really hard to like, and and you can do this without being like a super self centered. Guy, I think a lot of guys are apprehensive to like take selfies because they don't want to feel like a douchebag, but I'm like, it's actually just like, you know, people need to know what you look like. And specifically, girls need to see your eyes. Like this is so important for women. Like we need to see you smiling and we need to see your eyes like hat off. like girls need to see your energy, like eyes are the spirit or eyes are the window to the soul. So like girls need to see the eyes
0: a thousand percent that's oh that's good that's good advice well um we'll have to do this again jennifer i literally i am looking at my clock going oh my gosh i could keep talking but you got a life and got a business and got things going on we'll have to we'll have to set up something took us six six tries to get this one i I don't want to i don't want to overwhelm over overstay my welcome here um, I'm so
1: glad that we finally made it happen, though. I me really too, Jennifer. Your time yeah. and the conversation. And thanks yeah. for being flexible with all the reschedules. No, scheduling. no. It,
0: honestly, I get it. I mean, I'm the same way. It, it, it it's, it's all fine. Um, so, okay, Jennifer, how can people connect with you or stay uh, up with what you're yeah. doing and all that stuff?
1: For sure. So, my company is called Creative Collective. It's creative spelled with a K k-r-e-a-t-i-v there's no e at the end of creative okay. and then collective it's just spelled like collective um you can find our website creativecollective.com um instagram is at creative collective. my personal instagram is at creative.gen um and that is my handle for pretty much all of my social media so you can find me on tiktok at, at creative.gen as well
0: okay cool
1: yeah yeah. And we'll be, I'll be launching a podcast soon. I think I was telling you about that, but it's going to be just, you know, my thoughts on everything. So there well, you I'd go. Love to, I'd
0: love to listen to <laughs> it. I'll what, let you know more about the, that, you, that. You have the title out. of it yet or no?
1: No, not yet. I'm working through that right now. Okay. And, um. Yeah. But I'll, I'll keep you posted for sure.
0: Cool. Well, sounds good. Well, thank you very much. I'll have you on. Hey, no, I'd love it. I'd love it.
1: Yeah, definitely. That'd be great.
0: Cool. All right. Thanks, hon.
1: All right. Thank you, Timmy. Talk to you later.